This is the BT Rio Chapter Podcast, episode 19. I'm your host, Stephen Hughes, and this cast is the third in our series called Overcoming Challenges in Education, meeting with the speakers. This is a chance to talk a little more with the teachers who presented in our chapter event on July 4th and 5th of 2020 about their presentations, about other useful tips they can share with our listeners on teaching practice and most importantly, on teacher development. Our guest today is president of the Brass Tiso Intercultural Language Education, SIG, and the author, co-author, and editor of numerous books, articles, and chapters on language education, literature, and literature, and linguistics, sorry. Oh God, I'm reading too much. There we go. Let's welcome John Corbett. Welcome, John. It's great to be here, Stefan. Thank you very much for the invitation. Yes, yes. We're really thrilled, right? Thrilled to have had you present at the event as well, right? And gave us an insightful plenary on the topic, teaching conversational storytelling. So um, would you say it's still one of the most, or one of the big pet peeves for many of us English teachers? Well, it, it certainly is for me, Stefan, because uh, it's very popular all through my career. And it's a long career now. I've been asked to teach conversational English. And it right. took me a long while to figure out what it was and why uh, it was so important and how to teach it. Right. So yeah, for me, it was a pet peeve for a long while. And I think for many teachers, we're asked to teach it, but very few of us have an idea of what it really is. That's right, that's right. Yeah, it, it seems like we're kind of in between, you know, speaking, conversation, practice. Uh, it doesn't, or sometimes mixing up with what we often refer to as um, maybe production, right? The productive stage yep. of a lesson and so on. So those are some things that we also have to bear in mind, you know? Okay. Well, we have a lot of questions. We have a lot of questions lined up. So I think that we are we're gonna discuss or we'll have to discuss this over maybe two recordings, right? If that's okay. Right? That's fine, absolutely fine. All right, good, good. So let's get to the first part then. Um, if according to Thornbury and Slade, right, you quoted them in your talk, we maintain and modify our social identities through conversation. Why don't we have more of this in the classroom? Yeah, well, that's a good question because classrooms are not places where you have conversations. Right. Classrooms are places where the teacher stops you having conversations <laughs> in order to teach. That's right. So we have, we have certain identities that are classroom identities. Mm-hmm. Identities are very fluid and they're very multiple. So when a learner goes into the classroom, they have certain rights and responsibilities and certain things they cannot do. Okay. And the teacher goes in and he and she has certain rights and responsibilities and things that they can and cannot do. That's and one it. of the things that they don't tend to do is have a conversation. They have a teaching experience. So, and if, if the students are trying to have a conversation, the teacher usually stops them. And the teacher <laughs> is not someone you can have a conversation with because the teacher is not your equal. That's right. Yeah. So uh, the classroom is not actually the ideal place for conversations. So it's quite difficult to engineer conversations in the classroom. So we have to set them up and we have to monitor them and we have to evaluate them. And these are things that we don't normally do with conversations. So not, it's not a natural thing to do in the classroom. And I think that's why it's difficult. That's why it's difficult, that's right. Okay, well, how can we help students then uh, benefit from small talk? Because this is, I think, one of the key elements of conversation, especially in English, uh, English language is small talk, right? And what we call recounting. 
how can we do that or make students benefit from that in the classroom? Yeah. Well, small talk I didn't really talk about in the in the session mm -hmm. because that's the kind of thing that we actually do well in language right. teaching. Uh, these are the little kind of what's sometimes called adjacency pairs. Somebody says something and there's a kind of formulaic response. How do you do? How do you do? Are you okay? I'm fine. Do the bang? Do the bang. Poison mm -hmm. now? And yeah, I was told very quickly that the answer is not poison. So you have these little kind of pairs. And these, right. are, and these are very, very good at establishing uh, situations and relationships. Mm -hmm. But when we go beyond that, when we start to tell a story that dramatizes and begins to negotiate our identity, we need to do what is called a re recount. We need to have right. the basic building blocks of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And recounts are basic, but they're actually not very interesting. They are stories mm -hmm. about ourselves, but we don't have too much emotional engagement. Okay. We're not telling these stories to to have a model, for example. Uh, story about so they're kind of past or present tense personal narratives, but they're a bit boring because they don't represent a high level of engagement. That's right. What I was suggesting was that the best way to teach these is to take a look at topics that are of interest to the student, but not too interesting. Mm -hmm. So they, they, you prompt a story of where something happened, when something happened, what happened. What I suggest is that people use old selfies. Mm -hmm. Show me an old selfie okay. and tell me the tell me the basic story about that. But right. don't get too involved. Okay. And then you can focus on the past and present tense, personal narrative, the sequences, and you can say, we're gonna use this later on for something more exciting. Oh, and these okay. will be the anecdotes, the exemplar, and the mm -hmm. narratives. Uh, so you can, they can build on that, yeah? They would take it from there and then build on it, expand on yeah. it in a sense. Okay, yeah. wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, in what ways then do you think we can aid lower level students, especially beginners or let's say pre-intermediate levels, to perform other types of story, uh, uh, let's say um, elements like exemplum, the uh, anecdotes as you just mentioned, or narratives, because it involves a little more engagement. How do we do that with students at those levels? It's a very, it's a very good question because one of the things that you realize when you start looking at this in detail is that we need the basic linguistic resources, and we can teach lower level students the language that they need in mm -hmm. order to say here is a story and here is what we should learn from it. That's the example. Right. Or here is a story and this was my emotional reaction to it, which I want you to share. And this is the narrative, this is the story that uh, I had a problem and I solved it in some way, or okay. I didn't solve it. So you need, you need to teach lower level students for the exemplum, for the model type of story. You need modal auxiliaries like I should have, I shouldn't have, I ought not to have, I learned that. Right. You need but, the language that says, this is what I learned from the story, and right. this is what you should learn from the story. So that's why Sometimes, you focus on the chunks, right? That's why you, sorry, you focus that's on the, right. yeah, the You chunk. focus on the chunks, mm -hmm. and you focus on language that says, this is what I learned. Mm -hmm. You should never do that. <laughs> you ought never to do this. Okay. Or you okay. should do this. That's right. So you need the language that says, I have learned a lesson. For anecdotes, 
We need a rich emotional vocabulary and a vocabulary of evaluation. You need the amazing, awesome, devastating, right. oh my God. Yes. You need this language that expresses your emotions. So you've, got to, you've got to have that or you're not having the kind of anecdotal conversation that will make you a friend, yes. that will yes. establish a relationship. Uh, so we need very explicitly to explore this evaluative emotional vocabulary with lower level students. Okay. Narratives are more, more complex, so they can involve learning something, they can involve emotion, but there has to be a story, um, there has to be a problem that you encountered and you need to be able to say, this is what I did and this is how it turned out. Yeah, how it turned out in this case, let's say what happened in the end. Okay, well, all right, picking up from that then, um, how perceptible do you think are these differences Maybe for us teachers, even maybe I think even for teachers, it might not always be that clear. It's okay, you gave us some very good outlines there about the example, uh, the the anecdote, anecdote and a narrative. But how can we make this really perceptible to students? Well, I think I think actually through through the language, okay. um, you're quite you're quite right, Stephen. One of the, one of the things that makes things complicated is that you can use the same story for a number of different purposes. Uh, a very common story is the accident story. Uh, mm -hmm. This is a true story. When my sister and I were very young children, uh, she was running around the house with a pair of nail scissors in her hands and she tripped and fell. And the nail scissors went into her eyebrow, just above her eye. And my parents shrieked and rushed her to the hospital. Mm. And she said she was okay. Uh, but hold scissors in a particular way and I hold knives in a particular way and I try not to run with them. Mm -hmm. I tell children to do the same thing. Right. So uh, this is a story. Basically, this happened to my sister. Now I can turn this into an example. I can say this is what I learned. You should never run with nail scissors. When you're holding nail scissors, you should hold them with the points in the palm of your hand. Uh, uh, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. so you can use it as an example. But right. You can also use it as an anecdote. You can say, my sister, my sister ran with nail scissors and she fell and mm -hmm. she put these scissors into her eyebrow. Isn't that awful? Right. And I can invite the emotional response from you. So I can tell the story as an example. I can tell it as an anecdote to invite an emotional response. Wow. So I think Depending upon the situation, you can say, well, I've got this story. I can use it in this way, in this context. I can use it in that way, in that context. Right. So you can retell, and we do this. We retell, we retell the stories, and we vary their function according to the context. And we elaborate on them. We tell them in different ways. We try them out. And I think we can do this in the classroom. So one of the things that, that, that we can say is, okay, here's your story. What can you learn from it? What kind of emotion can we can we squeeze from this? That's How it. can we use this in different contexts? We can use the, the same story in different ways to fulfill different conversational functions. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, that's a very good tip. Important for us to remember. Okay, and the next tip then has to do with, I think, feedback, as you just said, because um, if you're understanding, dealing with emotion, dealing with the content, dealing with uh, uh, what happened, getting students to react 
because um, our big focus most of the times is of course language but we might want to focus on uh, other things involving the, the whole emotional aspect of the stories so what kind of feedback should we give for small talk for storytelling are there any tips you could you, know, you could tell you know give teachers about that in terms of feedback yeah the the way that you teach this i think you you can rely on your basic english language teaching skills i'm a great great supporter of the process based approach so you set the conversational tasks uh you say okay to the, to the students you say okay tell me tell me a story about an accident and what you learned from it or tell me a story about an accident and how you felt about it so it's either an example or it's an anecdote you get the students to do it you play it out if possible and we can do this very easily today you record it you record it on the phones then 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 you say okay how can we do this better how can we make this how can we use more dramatic vocabulary how can we make this a stronger point and you can use it as a classroom exercise so you begin to get suggestions from the students as well as the teacher on how to make particular stories more dramatic so you use it and then you retell it Great. So you Great. set the task, play it out, record it, revise it, embellish it. Mm -hmm. So you begin a, you get a richer and richer story with each retelling. Because we do this in real life. If you listen to relatives, they tell the same story and it over and over again. <laughs> over and over. And it gets more and more exaggerated yeah, exactly. with each, each retelling. Yeah, this is what we should be doing. This is what we should be doing in the classroom. Yeah, especially in family family gatherings, family meetings. Every year, exactly. your favorite uncle, your favorite grandparent tells the same story and you want to hear it again because there's always an added element. There's always a, yeah. you know, something will spices it up a bit, you know? Yeah, and you're, re <laughs> you're, you're reaffirming your family identities yes, uh, yes. through the stories. Uh, true, so this is a, it's a very, very uh, integral part of being a human being. Wow, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, we have to bring that more into the classroom. Okay, well, we're definitely going to need some to continue this riveting discussion in another recording, right? Sure, so listeners, sure. tune in for episode 20. We'll come back to continue the chat with one of the plenary speakers from our event. Uh, John Corbett here, right? So this is the BTVO Chapter Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Hughes. Bye for now. Stay tuned for episode 20.